Lord, we thank you for your presence that is in this house this morning, Lord God. I thank you that everyone got here this morning. You made it. You made it here this morning. So many things were trying to stop you from coming here this morning, but you made it. You got here. And God is going to show up. God is going to speak a direct word to your situation this morning. If your heart is open to it, if you're in here this morning and you say, I'm good, I'm, I'm, I'm totally fine with everything in my life, I don't need any change, I don't need any help, I'm good, then God's probably not going to speak to you. But if you're here this morning and you say, you know what, I, I have some things in my life that I believe God wants me to lay down, that there's some things in my life that I want to see shifted in 2019. If you have that type of heart this morning, God is going to speak to you. He is a faithful God, and His faithfulness endures from generations to generations, And you're here this morning, and he is going to speak to you. Father, we thank you for that, Lord. I pray that you will anoint this service. I pray that you'll give me strength to deliver this message the way you intended it to be spoken to our hearts. And we'll give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap if you would. God bless you. And uh, if you could just take a moment and uh, turn to three or four people around you. Give them a high five, give them a handshake, let them know you like their shirt, you like their Christmas outfit, and welcome them to Shore Christian Church. All right, all right. Good morning, good morning. Everybody, everybody have a seat. Looks like everyone kind of decided I'm going to sleep in with the rain a little bit and go to the 11 o'clock service. That's cool. That's cool. God shows up for the 11 o'clock service too, which is awesome. Uh, If this is your first time here, if you're new here, I just want to introduce myself to you. Uh, I'm Pastor Isaac, uh, the pastor of this church. Yes, I am a pastor, even though I look like I'm 21 years old. Um, I'm the lead pastor here, and I'm so thankful that you're with us this morning. Uh, If you would be so kind uh, as to uh, fill out a a visitor card that is in front of you in the seat back pocket, uh, we want to be able to bless you with a $5 Starbucks gift card. Uh, If you just fill that out, drop it in the offering basket that we are going to have available for you at the end of this worship experience. And we are so thrilled to be able to celebrate Christmas with you guys. I know it's not here, but I feel some Christmas cheer in the air. Anyone excited for Christmas? I'm feeling it. I'm feeling this is going to be the best Christmas ever. I'm feeling that this is going to be the best worship experience at Shore Christian Church history next Sunday, the 23rd. We're going to be having two services. Get here early. We're going to have some extra seats out. I think we might like take the stage back a little bit and add some more seats on the front row. And we are going to have a party and celebrate Jesus, celebrate his birthday, celebrate what he's done for us and what he's going to do in 2019 for every one of us that has a receptive heart for it. But that's not today. What's up, kids? How you doing? What, what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about one of my favorite characters in the Bible, uh, a man by the name of Joseph. And the title of this morning's sermon is, It's Not What You Think It Is. Turn to the person next to you and say, It's Not What You Think It Is. And then turn to your second choice of person and say, It's Not What You Think It Is. I do love you. I do love you. Even though you were my second choice. I always feel bad for the second choice. I always feel bad for the one person that's sitting by themselves when I tell people to do that, and they look, and there's nobody. You know, I just like, oh, it crushes my spirit, but, you know, it happens, right? He's a father to the fatherless. Uh, All right, here we go. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. 
This is uh, the story of how Jesus, the Messiah, came. Uh, the part that I'm not reading to you is the first 17 verses of this passage, which would probably put you to sleep, but is personally my favorite um, portion of scripture, is the genealogy of Jesus. You know, the, this person begot this person and begot that person, because that is how Jesus got here. And when you get an understanding of how Jesus got here and the bloodline that he came through, it will amaze you about what God can do with broken people. Because he came through a bloodline of prostitutes, murderers, liars, cheaters, you name it. And Jesus says, I got him in my own family. So no sin or no dysfunction intimidates me. And so that's how Jesus got here. And and then it says, uh, verse 18, uh, his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. Awesome. They're engaged. He put a ring on it. They're excited. Uh, And then after he put a ring on it, all of a sudden the the ring uh, started to go to her stomach and she started to show. And before they came together, what is happening? I, I, I didn't even sleep with this girl. And now she's got a baby bump and she's saying it's from the Holy Spirit. That's weird. Okay. I know maybe you're, you're like new in church and we talk about these things like they're normal. That's weird. You know, us Christians, we need to kind of get some perspective of other people that aren't in church all the time and realize that there's some strange things that you read about in the Bible, especially the way that Jesus got here. And, and so here's, here's, she's pregnant, and she's saying that the Holy Spirit got her pregnant. So Joey's got a dilemma. He not only has an unfaithful wife, but he's got a crazy wife, you know? And she's trying to say, but honey, it's not what you think it is. I, like my kids, you know, my kids, they, they, I, I come in, I see them in the playroom, and, and, and I see, like, like Ju- Judah bouncing Lily's head off of the ground like a basketball. I'm like, what is going on? She's like, it's not what you think it is. We're playing a game. <laughs> like, it's always a game. You think because it's a game, it's not going to get you in trouble? I don't care if it's a game. You're beating your sister. But it's not what you think it is, Daddy. I don't care, Judah. So, so that's, what, that's what Mary's trying to tell Joseph, but he doesn't buy it at first. Uh, But it says, Joseph, her husband, was a faithful man to the law, and he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. The law said that that he had to get rid of her. Um, Some interpretations of the law would say that she should have been stoned for this transgression. And yet he did not want to expose her to public disgrace, so he wanted to divorce her quietly. And then after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. God shows up in a dream. And it says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. You're not, it's not what it, you think it is. Take another look, because what is in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said. I love that verse. All this took place to fulfill the good, the bad, the the mediocre, the ugly, the frustrating. Sometimes you could give that to God and he could produce something spectacular with it because all this takes place to fulfill what God has spoken. And it says the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God is here now. And then Joseph woke up and said, that was a freaky dream. That was, that was crazy. But yet he believed the angel and did as he was commanded. Joseph has a lot more faith than I would. I, I mean, I don't know if I could do, unless you have like a Maury Povich DNA test in my dream telling me that this baby is from the Holy Spirit. I don't know if I'm believing it, but, but Joseph 
said, you know what? I'm going to take another look, and I'm going to believe what this angel spoke, and it's not what I think it is. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your presence. Pray that you'll speak through me. I uh, pray, Father, that our hearts will be open to what you want to deliver to us this Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I have the most incredible wife in the world. No, not a shadow of a doubt. She is the most encouraging woman in the world. She is an incredible wife. When I'm struggling, I'm having a bad day, uh, she just has the right thing to say. And, and I just want to just say this to all the wives out there. You know, when, when your men are struggling, build them up, encourage them. Don't push them down. Because the greatest thing that you can have as a man is a woman that stands by you and encourages you, especially when you're going through tough seasons, especially when you're in the trenches taking grenades. You need a woman that will stand by you. And, and I got that girl. She's amazing. She, the reason our kids at the ages of seven and five are, are still alive is because of my wife. It, she's an incredible mother. Uh, she, she is quick to forgive. Hallelujah. It, you know, she just ama- one, one thing. All right. So. I built you up, now I'm going to say just one thing, one, one thing that, you know, my wife, she's not, not the greatest at, is, um, um, is, is facilitating GPS directions in the car. And, and this has been the case for a lot of the frustrations in our marriage and, and in our car rides. Uh, but truth be told, it, the Holy Spirit is to blame for this, I, I got to say. Uh, because all of a sudden, we'll, we'll be going to wherever escape room, wherever, and, and then all of a sudden, we love worship music, and we got worship music on there, and, and then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes, diamonds lifting up her hands, she's singing like she's Kim Walker, spontaneous worship style, like, like just letting it loose, hands up, and then all of a sudden, in the midst of the, of the worship, you hear this kind of creepy, annoying British lady saying, recalculating, recalculating, and then all of a sudden, like, like we go from praising to blaming, you know, any, any couples, you know, you, you go from, from, from praying to screaming. I've done that before with my kids. Like, don't interrupt your father when he's praying, kids. I'm with the Lord. They're like, oh, man, if he's with the Lord, I don't want anything to do with that Lord. You know, you know but, but we're, we'd be in the car, and, and we go from, like, praising to blaming because I always blame her, you know. And then she blames me. She's like, I told you five miles ago you're going to have to take a left. I'm like, that was five miles ago. I need, I need updates, and, and, and uh, recently we were going to uh, um, this place called the escape room. Have you ever been to an escape room before? I got out, uh, just you know, made it out alive. It was awesome. We went to the pirate one, and uh, we, we didn't know how to get there. Um, we, it was just kind of in an anonymous place in Neptune, uh, back alley, and so we put the escape room in. We're driving on directions, and, and we literally, we cannot find this place. Like, where is this? It says turn here, but that's not a turn. That's like a, you know, like a back alley, like dead end or something. But, but we go around uh, the Route 66 circle like three times. Finally, we, we, we follow the directions, and we're like, this is a little creepy. This is like a back alley thing, like next to a place that is not a good place, you know, by Perkins area, somewhere over there. And, and so we're in the, in the back, and, and we're like, where are we? All of a sudden, there's like straight dogs jumping out of like, like garbage cans, like squirrels jumping on our car. I was freaked out. I didn't think we were going to make it out alive. The electrical outlets on the uh, poles, they were like flickering and stuff. It was so creepy. And, and we're there with our friends, Ryan and Winter, second row, stepping up your game. I like it. And, and we're, we're there with our friends, and we're like, where are we? This is like the middle of nowhere. We hit a dead end, but the thing 
is saying you have arrived at your destination. I'm like, yeah, I've, I've arrived at my death, you know, not my destination. And, and so in that moment, like someone busts out of one of the back alley doors of this uh, commercial uh, apartment and was like, this is the escape room. You have arrived. I was like, thank you, Jesus. We're going to make it. I thought it was a dead end, but we arrived. And, and I thought about that is the story of Christmas. That is the story of what is going on in Matthew chapter 1. Because in Matthew chapter 1, humanity is at a dead end. Humanity for centuries has tried to get to God. That if I'm good enough, if I try hard enough, if I do enough good deeds, if I'm a good person, then somehow I could get to God. And yet they fall willfully short every single time. And so humanity is frustrated. Humanity is struggling. And and God, frankly, is frustrated with humanity, I think, because I I gave you the law. I told you what you're supposed to do. And I've I've given you grace, but you guys just just can't figure it out. Humanity is at at a dead end. God is at a dead end. But then all of a sudden, a ladder named Jesus shows up. And I'm so thankful for this ladder named Jesus, not, not us going from earth to heaven, but a ladder that takes heaven to earth. And I thought, how many people are at a dead end this Christmas? I, I know a lot of times we may not have the appearance of a dead end, but you're at a dead end with your children. You've tried so hard. You've tried them in this school and that school. How many of us are at a dead end in, in, in our marriage? The romance is, is gone, and, and we're struggling just to, just to keep going. I'm at, a, I'm at a dead end. I'm at a dead end this Christmas. I want to give my kids the greatest Christmas ever. And then all of a sudden, my sewer got backed up a week before Christmas, and now it is going in the toilet, pun intended. All of a sudden, my credit score and my weight are the same. That's not good either way. And, and I'm, at, I'm at a dead end. And, and it, it feels like I can't go on. A lot of times, I feel like people get at a religious dead end where they have tried so hard to get this right. I've gone through resolution after resolution. I've said to God so many times, I'll never do that again. And I resolved in myself that it was over and yet I failed again. And now I've almost lost hope that God can ever use me because I feel like I'm not just someone who fails, but now I am a failure and I'm at a dead end. But the story of Christmas is that every dead end is an opportunity for a new beginning when Jesus comes, Emmanuel. Because when you realize that that dead end is a new beginning in Christ. Awesome. So proud as, as a pastor and as a God to be able to, to, to share messages like that. It's not what you think. Joseph, it's not what you think it is. I know that, that she's pregnant, and this is embarrassing, and, and she, she's saying that the Holy Spirit got her pregnant, but it's not what you think it is. I know you think this is a problem. I know you think that this is a dead end in your life, but it is actually a setup for God to bring forth his greatest promise that he has ever done in your life. And a lot of times we look at our lives and we, we think something is embarrassing or we think that, that, that this is a tragedy, this is, this is brutal, this, how could God ever get the glory out of this? But I want you to know that we serve a God who wants you to know this Christmas. Take another look at what you're going through. There's strength inside of you. There's a testimony inside what you're going through this Christmas season. God is faithful and he will manifest what he has put inside of you. I love how Joseph, it's amazing, 
I, I would be embarrassed by this. I, I know as a man, and you, 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 you see your wife-to-be, and she's pregnant, and you're not the father, that's embarrassing. That would put me on edge. That would make me want to put her on blast and, and, and do some Facebook posts, you know, hashtag hurt, hashtag pray for me, wife cheated on me, you know. I, I go, that's what I would do, but Joey is amazing. Joey doesn't do, Joey says, you know what, she disgraced me, but I'm going to show her grace. Like, like Joey is unembarrassable. Anyone know anyone that's unembarrassable? Like they're wearing like, like the craziest outfits and, and they just won't be embarrassed at all. You know, we experienced that this, uh, this fall with Lily's coach, soccer coach. Um, he, he wore pirate outfits while he coached and pretended to be a pirate. And we asked him why. He said, just so I would stand out so that people could find our team. You know, the first day we said, how are we going to find you? It's, well, you missable. There's thousands of kids. He said, I'll be the one dressed up as a pirate. Brilliant idea. He was very easy to find, you know. Johnny Depp at Wall, you missable, you know. And, and, and his, uh, his, his wife, we were saying, like, that's crazy. Like, he, he does it. Isn't he embarrassed? And she goes, oh, no. He is unembarrassable. And, and I want you to know this Christmas that our God is unembarrassable. That it doesn't matter what you have done to embarrass him. He is not embarrassed by you. That you have, may have been a disgrace, but God says, I want to take your disgrace. I'll give you grace for that. I cover you. He's a God that will cover your sins, that he will cover your shame. He'll cover your, your, your struggles because that's what grace does. That's what Christmas is about. It is about a God that is not embarrassed by you, even though you haven't been in church in two years, even though you're still struggling with, with that addiction, even though you, you still have that anger problem, even though you still have this shortfall or that, even though you're still harboring bitterness in your heart, I want you to know that God is not embarrassed by you, that you could come boldly to the throne room of grace and you can obtain mercy in your time of need. You don't have to be ashamed in the presence of God. He knows your heart. He knows your deepest inadequacies, and yet he shows you grace and mercy anyhow. It's not what you think. You think it's disgrace, but God says, I'm going to give you grace. It's polite when other people are clapping if you put your hands together and clap also. We're a very polite church. So, so if past, I worked very, very hard on this sermon, so I appreciate some feedback. Thank you from the front row. I'd like to get maybe some feedback from the back. Are, are you thankful for a God that is unembarrassable by us and our shortfall and our struggles? That's what I'm talking about. We're not at mass. We're not in a place where you cannot show your emotions. God gave us emotions. We need to emote a little bit in the house of God. You got a pastor wearing red shoes. You're not in a normal church, okay? It's not what you think. What I love about this story is that Joseph has this dream. God comes to him. God shows up the same way that a lot of times God will show up to you in a church service just like this. And he'll speak to you. And Joey got a dream that it's not what you think. Look again. And when he woke up, nothing on the outside changed. His wife's still pregnant. He didn't get her pregnant. 
Nothing on the outside. People still talking about him behind his back. People still ridiculing him. People still pointing fingers at him. None of that changed. The only thing that changed is his perspective on what he was going through. And that is the greatest gift that God can give us. A lot of times we say, God, your presence is here to fix all my problems. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I think God's presence is here to fix our perspective of how we see our problems and how we see our struggles. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do for you this Christmas is give you a new perspective to see what you're going through. And I guarantee you that some of the greatest miracles that you will experience is when you go back and look again. Look again. I, I thought that, that that was a dead end, but I'm looking again and I'm beginning to see the cloud the size of a man's hand and starting to expand. I'm starting to see something growing because I went back and looked again. That's what heaven's perspective can give you. Is you could go back and look at your greatest struggle and begin to see strength rising up out of it. Because when you give it to God, he could grow it. He could use it. He could strengthen you through it. Go back and look again. That's what the message of Christmas is. It's a message of hope that your problems don't have to go away for you not to have a better perspective on what you're going through in life. So I want to give you real quick three areas that God wants you to look again at. In your life this Christmas. Are you ready? Get my own Uggs this Christmas. And so she, she goes online and, and she, she finds these Uggs. And she, she found them. They, they were like $400 Uggs that she got for $65. I mean, it was home run, right? Gentlemen, husbands, holla. You know, like, like a wife that could find deals. Awesome. Score. Amazing. Only problem was they were from China. And, and so... And so the, the day came, we're tracking the, uh, you know, the, the package. You could track it now. I love tracking packages. It's been in Newark for like six days. That's a little strange. Uh, you know, <laughs> your packages ever get frozen in Newark? I'm like, what is going on in Newark? You know, and, and so, and so like we're, we're watching like, like China Mail or whatever. And like it's coming in. We, you know, the, the, the Uggs are coming in. And, and we open it up. And, and the, this beautiful box, Uggs, you know, beautiful box. We open up the box that, that, that said Uggs. And we open it up. But it wasn't Uggs. It was Chugs. <laughs> Chinese Uggs. Get it? You know, it's, a, it's the best I could do, folks. <laughs> <You know>? and, <laughs> and like, like, like the wool's falling off and... And, and, then, and then Diamond's like, I got to send it back. BTW, you don't send stuff back to China. Okay. <laughs> China does not take refunds. <laughs> and, and so we're, we're stuck with, with $65 of Chinese Uggs. The Diamond's wearing this morning for the, no, she's not wearing it for real. No. You, you ever get something that looked real good on the outside? And then you open it up and you're like, that, that is false advertisement. You ever meet a person who looked real good on the outside? They talk real good. And then all of a sudden, three weeks later, after you compromise your morals. And then all of a sudden, you're like, that, that's not what I thought. Because everything that's shiny is not always significant. It, 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 you, the box may say Tiffany's. But then you get a green necklace around your, your, your neck when you get in the shower. Someone say, I dated that guy. 
<laughs> Someone on the front row said twice. Yeah. <laughs> First time's his fault. Second time's your fault. <laughs> Where are we? And, uh, but then, like, one of my favorite things to do is I like to do the opposite. I like to, to give really good gifts in, like, the, the ugliest packages. Like, like, where they open it up and, like, moths will come out, you know, or <laughs> maybe not that creepy. That's weird. But, but I, loved, I did this. We had our, our white elephant um, uh, Christmas party for our life group. And so everyone brings their present. And, and what I did, I thought this would be really cool. So I took one of my, my, uh, my kids' drawings, right? You know, who wants a drawing from a five-year-old, really? You know, you act like you do, but when you get home, you throw it away. Let's just be honest, okay? Don't give me your children's artwork for Christmas, okay? Just full disclosure. You know, so, but this is what I did. This is what I did. I, I took, like, the little artwork, and, and then, and then I, I, I taped a $50 hand-in-stone gift card to the back of it. And, and so, and so they open it up, and then you get that, that, like, fake, like, oh, what is this? Like, oh, it's Lily's, you know, art project. Oh, this is amazing, you know. God, I'm going to throw this away when I get home. But I'm like, but, but, but look again. I love this. And because and, on the back was the best gift at the White Elephant Christmas party. Because she got hooked up with a $50 gift card to hand in stone massage. But a lot of times, if you don't see what's underneath, you'll throw it away. If you don't have an understanding of what God is trying to do in your life through that season, then you'll throw it away and you'll walk away from God. Don't walk away from the gift. God is a good gift giver. And a lot of times his greatest gifts will be wrapped in tears. His greatest gifts will be wrapped in sorrow. His greatest gifts will be wrapped in struggle. But yet he is the God of new beginnings, that when you think you're at a dead end, you say, God, I don't know how you're gonna get the glory out of this, but I trust you through it, and I'm gonna look again. It's not what I think it is. There's strength inside this woman, Mary. I know on the outside it looks like a a betrayal. On the outside it looks like a hurt, you know what? What's inside of her is powerful. And a lot of times it's more important what's happening inside of you than what is happening around you because God will use what's happening in you to change what's around you. But you got to submit what's inside of you. And that's where our struggle is. It's not what you think. Number two. Number one is take another look at what you've been given. Number two is take another look at where you are this Christmas. A lot of us, we're, we're in a season where we're at a dead end. We're at a season where we thought we were going somewhere. Now we find that we're nowhere. That's the story of Joseph. Joseph thought he was going somewhere. He, he had the, the home picked out. He had the future already planned out. I'm one of the people, I love to make plans in my mind of how things are going to turn out, my hopes, my dreams, and, and a lot of times I think I'm going somewhere, and then in one email, in one moment, in, in, one, in, in one phone call, my plans can be totally gone, poof, and I went from going somewhere to going nowhere. That's where Joseph was. He, he's in the middle of nowhere right now. And sometimes you could be surrounded by people and still be in the middle of nowhere. You could be surrounded by so many gifts, great things, great home, but yet on the inside you feel like you are going nowhere. 
that, yes, so many people like you, but I don't even like myself. And and Joey is is in a nowhere place, but he gets this, this meeting with an angel, and this angel shows up in the middle of his nowhere to make an announcement that the son of God is coming, and his name is Emmanuel, God with us. I, I remember in, in my life, the worst day of my life, April 18, 2016. Not to bore you with the details, the day my father died, died suddenly in a heart attack, um, preached on Sunday morning, and then had a heart attack Monday morning. 8.30, I get the phone call, come home, ambulance is there, tears, prayers, sorrow, brokenness, take him away, died instantly of a heart attack. And in that moment, you know, it, we're, we're in shock. I'm in shock. You know, you cry until you don't have any more tears to cry, and then it, it's, it's just painful, headaches. I mean, everything just, just complete um, disarray, people at your house, people crying, just, just one, of the, one of the most horrible scenes you could ever imagine. And some of you have gone through that, if not worse in your life, probably worse. But this is the worst day of my life. This is my sermon, so I'm going to preach it with the worst day of my life but a lot of you can relate. And, and I remember that, that day, I, I just had to get some space. You know, sometimes, like, it's good to be around people, but, but sometimes you need space. You need to get alone. You need to get, you know, j- just in the presence of God where there's no people around you to distract you, but you just need, need to get focused. And, and, and that's where I was. I was distraught. I didn't really know what I was doing. I went to Spring Lake uh, Boardwalk, and uh, it was a beautiful day, not a cloud in the sky. And uh, I, I remember we went to South End. I sat on the park bench to the left uh, on South End. And I was by myself on the park bench and had my head down. Wasn't crying. I was just, you know, in, the, in that, that fog, you know. You know that fog, right? And, and I remember I put my head down. It seemed like just an instant lifted my head up. And uh, next to me on the bench was, uh, was a coin. No idea how it got there. And didn't know who put it there. And uh, I look on the, on the coin, and it, it has on the front of the coin, it, it has the head side, um, Jesus on the cross. And, and I turn it over, and on the other side of the, the coin has John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And that moment changed my perspective of my God forever. I realized in that moment that I could be in the middle of nowhere, but I serve a God that says, I am now here. When you feel like you are nowhere, I am Emmanuel, God with us. I am an ever-present, ever-faithful, ever-loving, ever-encouraging God that is with you in the middle of the driest seasons of your life, in the middle of the sorrow, in the middle of the misery, in the middle of the broken marriage, in the middle of the dysfunction. He is a God that says, I am now here. I am an ever-present help in the moment of your trouble and your need. And I said that to encourage someone this Christmas that feels like they are nowhere, they don't know where they are, They don't know what's happened in their life, how they even got to this place. I want you to know that Emmanuel is with you. He is by your side. He's not embarrassed by what you went through. He loves you through it. Even though you disgraced him, he has grace for that. Where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. And he is with you no matter what. But you have to play your part and reach out with your hand and open up your heart to what he wants to pour inside of you. Number three. Worship team, you guys could come up. 
You need to take another look at your heart this Christmas. Probably my, I think my second favorite Christmas movie. My first favorite's Elf. I love Elf. Shout out to Elf, Will Ferrell. Uh, you know, my second favorite, though, is probably The Grinch. <laughs> Person is really excited. <laughs> that was awesome. They thought other people were going to be excited, too. That's what happens. <laughs> but, no, yeah, I, I love The Grinch. Yes, I love The Grinch. And, and the, the story of The Grinch goes like this, is that he had a fracture in his heart. You know, he grew up, and, and he was a little weird. He was green, right? He had a beard, you know. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, his, his heart began to be fractured because people made fun of him. People mocked him. People looked down at him. He just wanted to be accepted. And, and so in that moment in the movie, this is the movie, but I think there's some truth in it. Uh, it says that his heart became two sizes too small. And, and then he, he just, all he wanted to do was just, like, get people back. He was hurting. I want other people to hurt. If I can't succeed, I don't want anyone else to succeed. And he had this fractured heart that he thought could be mended through justice. See, when justice tries to hang you, mercy will cut the rope. Mm, that was good. That was for somebody. Because you think justice is going to heal your broken heart. It's not. It's not. Your, your heart has been fractured. And there's a story in the Old Testament because we we read in the passage that Joseph was the son of David. David in the Old Testament, he was the ancestor of Jesus. David was a man, they said, after God's own heart. And in this time, Israel, the people of God, were going through a crisis because their king, his name was Saul, pretty package, looked like a box from Tiffany's, six feet six, handsome, great warrior, but his heart was shallow. He had a fractured heart, and God says, I, I, I'm going to reject him because I don't judge based on appearances. I judge based on the heart condition of a man, of a woman. And he went in the sheep field and, and found this young man. His name was David, but not before. He looked at his seven brothers that were handsome and talented and said, no, I don't want them. I, I want the one that has a heart after me. Because our Savior doesn't care about appearance. How's your heart? And that's the message where I want to land this sermon. Is how is your heart this Christmas? How's your heart, sir? How's your heart, ma'am? I, I, don't, I don't care about your wallet. I don't care about your waistline. We can see how that is. But, but how's your heart? Because so many people have the appearance of joy, the appearance of success, and the appearance of a great life. But their heart has grown so small. Their heart has been so fractured because of what was, wasn't done for them or what was done to them. And they think that this outward facade can somehow make up for this fractured heart. And it never does, never will. You could try and try and try. The Grinch did. Grinch stole Christmas. <laughs> it's pretty unbelievable feat to do. 
And he did it. But then suddenly he, he looked down at all the people of Whoville and he saw them rejoicing even though even though Christmas was gone, even though they had been hurt, even though they, they had been robbed of, they were still singing and rejoicing because that's where a heart condition comes. See, a real heart after God can sing and rejoice even when they cry because they know the real reason for the season. And the Grinch looked and he, he couldn't believe it. Because their joy wasn't coming from things with tags and things with packages, boxes, and bags. Forget what he said. But it was something like that. How's your heart? That's what God really wants to know. And so many people right now in this country, and I, I believe in this room right now. You're in this room. I'm talking to somebody this morning. And you put up such a front of success, that everything is great, and yet if you had an x-ray machine of your heart, you would feel so insignificant and broken and hurting because you got so many other people to like you, but you don't even like yourself because you know what you've done. You know the deepest secrets of your soul. And you think that if you put up this front that it'll make that all go away, but it just magnifies it. Maybe not to other people, but to you. So I want you to know, number one, God is not embarrassed by you. He knows your heart. He knows what you did last summer. <laughs> he, he, he knows it all. And he's still not embarrassed by you. God can do awkward. You haven't been in church in years. It's okay. God can do awkward. You ever walk up to anyone that, that you haven't answered their phone call in like a year, and then you see him? A little awkward, right? God can do awkward. You might have not answered his calls for years, but you know what? He's standing in front of you this morning, and it's not awkward in his presence. He has a way to just cover all of the disgrace and brokenness. And this is the prayer that David had in this is the prayer for everyone this Christmas. Create in me, God, a clean heart and renew an upright spirit within me. God, clean my heart, strengthen my heart, and uplift my spirit. God wants to clean out your heart this Christmas and lift up your spirit. Let's bow our heads and pray right now. Thank you, Father. God, we thank you that we could come into this house, Lord God. We can have fun and we can enjoy ourselves. Thank you that we could celebrate you anywhere. We could celebrate you at the House of Independence, in, in, in a church with stained glass windows, in a field by ourselves. Because you are Emmanuel, God with us. That our dead end has now met a new beginning. And his name is Jesus. Father, I pray for everyone in here this morning that has a fractured heart. God, I pray that this Christmas, that they will put down the front, put down the facade, and open up their brokenness to you, Lord God. I pray, Father, 
that we won't be afraid anymore to make changes. We won't blame other people anymore. We won't play a victim any longer. Get rid of the, the criticism and skepticism in our hearts and say, God, I don't need to understand everything to obey and follow immediately. And God, I need a clean heart. If that's your, your, your prayer this morning, I just want you right now to just put your right hand over your heart. And let's just say this, this prayer together as a, as a church, because this isn't just for, for new believers. I believe that this is for some people who have been in church for a while, but your hearts have grown cold towards God. You started going through the motions, and God says, you've been in church for over a decade, but I still need to do heart surgery on you this Christmas. Just repeat this prayer together. Dear Jesus, create in me a clean heart and renew and uplift my spirit this Christmas. I thank you for grace. I thank you for forgiveness. That you are are not embarrassed by me. And going on, I will follow you. I will listen for your voice. And I will look again at some of the things in my life that I discarded and begin to see a new beginning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap if you would this morning.